0: Welcome to The Edge of Act, the podcast where we explore the intersection of human stories and business success. I'm your host, Carolyn Crawford, and I'm thrilled to have you join me as we explore the minds of entrepreneurs, marketers, and visionaries who have mastered the art of alchemizing their personal journeys into their business success and learn how you can apply what they've learned to your own business. So whether you're an aspiring entrepreneur, a seasoned business owner, or simply someone fascinated by the power of human stories, The Edge Effect is here to offer you insights, inspiration, and a fresh perspective on what it truly means to make your mark in the world. Get ready to be moved, motivated, and challenged as we embark on this incredible journey together. So let's begin. I'm Carolyn Crawford, and this is the edge effect. Hello, everyone. I am with the fabulous Palavi Pandi founder and CEO of Detox, an eco-friendly, sustainable, single-use dinnerware solution. Palavi, welcome. I am so excited to learn more about you, Detox, and the human story behind your brand.
1: Thank you for having me, Caroline. I am excited for this fun conversation. Amazing. Okay. So I want to start from the very beginning. So I
0: believe I read that you've been an entrepreneur for more than 10 years. Is that correct?
1: Well, uh, if you, if you consider all my previous businesses that I was just trying out, then perhaps yes, but with the successful one, I will put a number to it, which it will be four amazing years.
0: Oh my gosh. Congratulations. Um, okay. I do want to talk a little bit about your entrepreneur journey, if that's okay. So. Can you share a, a little bit about the beginning of that journey, what that looked for, like for you and what inspired you to be, start becoming an entrepreneur and some of those less successful businesses, if you will?
1: <laughs> I would love to throw some light on it because I always call them my experiences. Okay. The way I like to term them is I had some experiences, which was, of course, I didn't come from a very technical background or a entrepreneur background because I never had my MBA degree. So I didn't even know if I wanted to start my own business, but I wanted to try something out. And that's what I did 10 years ago, which was I started an online wholesale jewelry business. So that was my first gig. And of course, I hate jewelry. I am not into jewelry. My heart was never into it. So I could never market it. I could never sell it. And that was the end of that experience. Of course, I tried to run a website. I tried to make some sales. And then dealing in jewelry was just hard enough. So I just thought that's not my cup of tea. And I pivoted into my second experience, which was, I remember at that point of time, I had uh, both of my kids and I was going through a lot of my own relationship struggle in my marriage after two kids and postpartum depression. And I was like, what is the way that all the couples spice up their life? So I introduced a intimate couple subscription box that was my second business idea it was called the dew club like the french word dew where it means two and in that box we had intimis- intimacy products and that is something I wanted to really try because I was like maybe that'll help my own relationship kindling and maybe I can ripple that into a- other couple so that was my whole idea but again it was a lot of time consuming it was a lot of uh, product information, knowledge-based business, and I didn't have time. I was I was going through postpartum. I had two little kids. One was two-year-old, one was newborn. So again, it was not the right timing, though I enjoyed those products and that kind of business idea, but I thought that was not the right time to pursue it. So that was the end of that. And then I focused on raising children for two years, and then I was like, no, I, I, I meant to do something bigger. And let's come out with something where my heart isn't too. So if you know me, I'm a potty girl. I love to entertain. I love to host. And that is what was constant in my life for the last 10 years, despite all the business, no business, family, drama, or whatever. I still was entertaining a lot. And I was going through a lot of paper and plastic disposable plates at home because I hate doing dishes. And I am sure I need to see some hands raised up here, whether yours or the audience. I'm sure people would agree to that who likes doing dishes or especially clean up after events. And that is where something sparked in me, which was my idea for my third business, which is my current business, which is Detox. It is a sustainable tableware brand where I make sustainable plates, bowls, spoons, straws, et cetera, et cetera, all single use for homes. And that is why I started doing it because I was tired of cleaning up after my own parties. And the worst part was, that I had to ask people to, I couldn't ask people to microwave those flimsy paper plates or those toxic plastic plates. So I was like, I need a solution. I need to do something where I could entertain at the same time, have easy cleanup at the same time, heat up my food and just have quality time with my guests. So that is when I reflected back on my roots, my Indian roots, because I did grow up in India and I was like, growing up in India, we ate on banana leaves. And that was the concept was like, oh my God, because we still today entertain and host and eat on banana leaves. But again, I couldn't make plates out of banana leaves. So I had to go back to India and I found my raw material, which was palm leaves. And that is how I started manufacturing our sustainable tableware that is made from fallen palm leaves in India and give it to the consumer here in the United States where I live, where I raise my kids, where this is home and where I entertain where the consumer is eco-friendly, where they're conscious about the products they're using. So that is where I found my market. That is where I found my consumers. And that is how I started my business, which is detox today.
0: Okay. That's amazing. And what a unique concept of all things, palm leaves, fallen palm leaves. So that's incredible. Okay. I want to ha- have just a few logistical questions or not even logistical. I'm going to get to that later, but Going back to your previous businesses, just to reflect on that a little bit, Mm -hmm. what I love is that, like you said, you do call them experiences, which is just such a nice and positive way to look at it. And I think that a lot of people can relate to the fact that like, okay, they've started something and it didn't work out or, and they feel defeated with that. Can you share, do you mind sharing a little bit about kind of how you if you had any thoughts around that, if you had similar feelings and how you kind of move through that.
1: Yes, I would right. love to add to that because I love reflecting back. And that is when I take a few moments to reflect back on. I, I don't like regrets and I'm a person where I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I jump into it and I figure it out. So I think that is a quality I have. And that was why I am a risk taker and I always tell people that you wouldn't know until you try something. So it's a choice whether you want to keep being a visionary and still think that you can do something or you can really act on it and you can do. And then you can see if, if this is something that works out for you or not. And that's how you really know. So you have to do. And I always say doing is powerful and you will never know until you do it. I love that.
0: I love that so much because I think that's also why a lot of people don't start their own businesses because they just are like, you know, it's so easy to get kind of caught up in the, in your head and not sure what to do or afraid to fail. And so I love that. I, and I love that outlook. So thank you for sharing that. How did you, what, can you talk a little bit? And I ha- I promise I have a point here. What can you talk a little bit about when you first started both for both of your previous businesses before detox? Mm-hmm. What was the marketing process like for you? I know logistically speaking, it sounds like obviously it was all very time consuming or you just weren't into it. You mentioned jewelry, for instance. It just wasn't your kind of cup of tea. What part of that from the marketing side of it all, because those are also products, so volume is a huge proponent of that and getting a lot of customers. Can you talk a little bit about that experience and then also how that fed into
1: detox? Yes, I would like to say that I never did my market research for those mm. two first experiences, which was the biggest setback for me. So I think when I launched Detox, that's the first thing I did because I was going through this challenge at home while entertaining. And I was looking for a product that could be microwave, that was compostable, that was kinder to the environment, to the planet. There was something good for our bodies. And I was never finding something like that, a dish that could do all. And that's why I was like, I'm going to go ahead and find one how to get this product to the market. But when it came to the jewelry part, or when it came to the intimacy box, there were already products like that in the market. And I was like, I didn't think much of what am I going to bring different to in this business? What am I going to offer different to the customers? I didn't spend a lot of time on studying the market or doing any market research, which was way different from detox. I spent a lot of time doing market research, doing where are the most eco-conscious people, what kind of products do they like, <clears throat> and whether this is a good idea to launch an eco-friendly, sustainable tableware brand in the United States, because that's where we are primarily serving today. And we've launched into Canada as well, because we see so many eco-events in Canada. We see so many eco-event wedding planners, event planners in Canada. So it was really ba- backed up by a solid market research. And talking about the actual marketing that you're talking I had no clue. I don't come from a tech background. Everything from A to Z of marketing, I learned during COVID. So that was the time when I really took a break from the sales because nobody was doing parties during COVID. Nobody was happy. So we were having zero sales. But what I did during that time was to utilize my time. I participated in a lot of accelerator programs that were being offered for free. I participated in those mentoring workshops and advising groups just to learn what marketing is. How do I put my message across to my consumer? How do I make it into a two-way communication? So that was the foundation of my business, which is marketing. How do you market your product? Or how do you market your brand? How do you market your vision? How do you market your mission? So all of that is something I learned during COVID because of the time that I spent online in these workshops, not only learning from mentors, but actually listening to my peers in those workshops, in those sessions. So that was a big learning from me that how others are doing, because at that time I wasn't doing anything. I had no idea how to do it, but listening to others gave me a good open-minded conversation to have and gave me ideas. And I actually applied them to my business. And that is how the whole concept of marketing came to life for details, I love
0: that. I love that, and it's such an important lesson. I think that you even learned because, like you said, you it sounds like right that you, especially for your previous businesses, that you kind of just went in head first with it, and and not even just from the market research, but even the marketing part, or even just, I would imagine, pretty much all of the parts. And that's great. And that also, too, I think that's also why maybe you had the bandwidth potentially to. Look into these other areas this time around because you kind of had a little bit more experience in some other parts too. So that's amazing. And
1: thank you for being honest about that because not a lot of people are. So I appreciate that. Well, Um I take it because of where I am today. So, of course, it was all those learnings. If I didn't go through those, maybe this would have been a failure as well. But because, like you said, I was able to create a normal website, a basic website. I was mm-hmm. able to pay someone and get something up. But again, I had zero social media. I had no idea how to get my marketing done. But again, those were all the learnings, a stepping stone to where I am today. And that's where if I can save somebody the time and hassle, I'm happy to share that. And I take immense pride in that. Amazing. Thank you. So for detox, then how, Juan, I love the fact
0: that you went in and like you said, cause there are other, you know, tableware solutions for events, single use dinnerware, but I love the fact that you went in kind of head first, if I, if I may with the mission driven aspect of it, and that's how you're going to make a difference. Can you talk a little bit about why and I know you mentioned the banana leaves and how that is familiar to you so there is a little bit of that kind of personal connection to it as well but can you share a little bit a bit more about why that route was so important to you as a brand and why just being mission driven was so important to you
1: yes so <clears throat> definitely I will talk about that because that is one of my favorite aspect of the business the social cause the women workers, the children we sponsor their, their education for. So again, Detox was born from a mission to combat the environmental damage, which was because of my own pain point when I was hosting. But apart from that, when I had the choice of finding the raw material, I could have gone to Vietnam, Cambodia, Brazil, any tropical countries where there are palm trees. There's a cottage industry of palm trees. So basically it's a tree called areca palm tree. The purpose of the tree is to produce areca nuts once the nuts are consumed, the leaves fall, and that's what we pick and we use for our tableware. But I wanted to specifically manufacture in India because I wanted to support the women back in India, the country where I was born, and that was my way of giving back to the community where I belong from. So not only I wanted to have a choice to safeguard the environment where to do good products, but I also wanted to support the community in India by giving them jobs, by giving them employment, by making an impact in their lives, by supporting them. We also dispatch sewing machines to women in India so that they can earn uh, money if, for in, the, in their families, because some of them are single moms, some of them are divorced, some of them have husbands who are going through ailments, some of them just don't have the resources. So I wanted to uplift those women underrepresented, underprivileged women. And we also sponsor their children to school so that they can go to school. So we sponsor their education. And we didn't leave the social impact just to India because I was like, if we had the profits, then why not share those with the communities where I am living here today, which is in Portland, Oregon. And that is why we decided to support the nonprofit called Greater Than Portland. And over there, we do the same thing. We donate to the cause of equitable education to the underrepresented community children in Portland so again it's as the company grows as we scale as we have the profits we love to share those with our communities whether it's in India whether it's in USA or whether it's in some other uh, country because it's it's beyond what do you call lines borders it has to be from heart to heart between communities and that's where we want to really pass our brand mission and impact a lot of communities that we can so, but but I slowly, think, one step at a time.
0: I think that's incredible because, I mean, obviously, of course, the mission alone is incredible, but I love the, how baked into your business it is from the immediate concept of it and the actual execution, execution, because it's also, you're doing a lot of things. Like, again, it's one thing to offer. And I think people are familiar with this because they do see, and I'm using quotes here for those who can't see, but equal friendly products and they think slap and a lot of brands think slapping the label eco-friendly is sufficient enough but what i love is that there are so many things that you are doing behind the scenes that take this mission even further it's not just about the planet it's about the people in it and how you impact the communities that you are serving and also the communities that are contributing to the products and everything that you're doing so i love that
1: Yes, it is a commitment, and we really love to stick with that commitment, whether it's for products or for people and parties. So I, I do stand for three things: people, planet, and parties. <laughs> I love that.
0: <laughs> well, like what? That's a that's another great point because I love the fact that like you are not at all removing the fun from anything. Like it truly is meant to reaffirm the fun that everyone can have, but do so while feeling really good about it and knowing that you're making an impact in, in the way that you can. So that's truly incredible. Can I ask why? I mean, of course I know actually I want your opinion on sort of a brand's responsibility, right? Because I love how personal that this mission is to you. Cause right. It ties back to where you're from. You, the people that you're working with, it ties directly back to them. And then of course the community that you're living in, but I think in general, and like I said, right, there are a lot of quote unquote eco-friendly brands out there that at the end of the day, they're just slapping that on because they know it's a marketing tactic. Right. Can right. I, can you share your thoughts in general on like eco-friendly bl- brands and kind of a brand's overall responsibility when they are, Claiming to be mission-driven and whether or not they are.
1: Yes. I love that question because I I will take you one step before, which was, that's what I thought, that you can put anything online and it will sell, which was my first two experiences that I thought, okay, I can just put these online and I can sell them. But again, what you are talking about is... Intricate branding, intricate marketing, like truly being authentic, talking about your products, what they truly stand for. And how do you distinguish them them from the other products that are being offered right now with that label of so-called eco-friendly, right? So at Detox, we are really dedicated to putting that able in sustainable and the fun in that functional. So that was my point of having a fun, functional, sustainable product and which is not just for people but also for planet and hence the word detox which means a cleansing journey with palm leaves not just for the inside of the body but also from outside so inside and outside cleansing which is detox for homes and events and I really appreciate the question you asked because a lot of times it's about the awareness it's not that people don't know there are problems that happen because of plastics or paper or single use, it's just sometimes they need guidance on how to tackle those. And that is where I firmly believe in educating our consumer about, okay, this is what you can do. And this is why you should do it with us. Because if you see our website as well, we really talk about how we are different and how when we say we are compostable, we really emphasize on the word we are compostable in 90 days. So that is something we stand by very firmly and we say, we don't say we are just compostable because that's where we leave it to the consumer to question. Compostable in how many years, how many days? And sometimes that's where the other brands get away with because they fall in the minimum threshold of calling themselves so-called compostable. But we are proud to say here at Detox that we are compostable in 90 days in your backyard. Or in commercial composting. So our products can be either thrown in trash, or they can actually be accepted in commercial composting. And the point is, it's a leaf, even if it is thrown in trash, which it happens because not a lot of composting facilities take our products, because our products are so steady They look like wood and they are exactly as steady as bamboo. They jam the machines. So in that case, they do end up in trash, which is completely fine because these are leaves. They're made out of leaves and they add no extra gas emissions to the environment. It's the normal composting rate at which they are going to compost. So that is the beauty of using our products. Wow. So when you say these consumers who are taking that extra effort in getting going to our website, learning about us or asking questions, I think that's the best thing you can do. And that's what a brand totally should stand for a two-way communication. And that's where the marketing comes into picture, where I openly tell people, communicate with us. Let it be a two-way communication. Let it be a conversation. Ask us about what we're doing or ask us for a certification. Then we're probably, we probably, we, we, we say we have certification, composting certifications through CMA, which stands for Commercial Composting Alliance that is the headquartered in Seattle. So again, that is what the consumers should be looking for, the label raise questions to the brand, reach out to them. And I think that's the best way to remove any doubts.
0: I love that so much. And I think that it's nice because you put your money where your mouth is and you're like, test me. Like ask me anything, I got it. You want proof of everything, I got it. And I think that's where a lot of, especially larger brands, I, I think larger brands actually, they have to follow a certain suit now But I think that's where with anyone who falls kind of like in that gray area, that's where they're like, hopefully no one looks into it more, questions it more. And like you said earlier, you know, there is a really widespread belief that you can put anything online and then it's going to sell. And I think now we live in a world where it's very difficult to find completely 100% original ideas, products, innovations, whatever it is. It's, oh, innovation is just usually improving something that already, already exists. In some way there are especially a lot of the brands that you probably see on like instagram popping up with like all their ads or influencing or anything like that you know i think so much of it is because they're they've just put a very creative spin on an everyday product and i think that's what you're doing here which is so nice because again you go to any grocery store any store any store really you can find single use dinnerware for events and parties and whatnot but you're taking it a step further by saying like, no, like we really are mission mm-hmm. driven. We are doing all of these things behind the scenes and that you're putting that into your messaging. So I love that so much. I just have a couple questions about kind of going back to your messaging. And like you said, emphasizing the able part, can you talk a little bit, especially because you, you mentioned you kind of went and educated yourself on marketing and really understanding messaging can you talk a little bit about what coming up with that message and sharing this personal aspect of your brand and why that was such an important tactic for you
1: well it was important because it was about a choice and again at detox we are transforming dinner parties one plate at a time and we're replacing the guilt with the glee, with glee. And with our eco-friendly wear, we are not just hosting a meal, we're hosting a change. And that was so important to me about giving people a choice. I mean, at the end of the day, like I said, people know that there are issues with single use. People know there are problems with papers and plastics and uh, fishes being killed, whales being killed, turtles being killed. So again, we can't save the whole world, but we can do one step at a time. We We can start a revolution one small step at a time. And that is where... I was just so intrigued to do this full time, put my heart and soul into it and just basically find a secret recipe with sustainability, my dash of Indian tradition and whole lot of usability in in an actual product that somebody can use every day in their homes and events and go beyond that. So it did take time. So I'll I'll just say to everybody, everything takes time and you just have to have a clarity on where and how you want to do it.
0: Can I ask, how did you learn how to do a lot of this? I know, again, you were in jewelry and then you had the intimacy boxes. Mm -hmm. So obviously you had familiarity with products and and, and maybe curating the materials and products. How did that process look like from concept to launch, just logistically speaking?
1: Great question. So I do want to mention that before I had my three experiences, I was also working in logistics for a private company. So I knew how to get stuff shipped between countries A and country B, or what is the best way, what is the best route, how to deal with logistics and freights. So I knew that if I have to move something, which I will call my baby, my product, my business, I can do it. Definitely. It was just a matter of time on what I wanted it to be.
0: Because again, Mm -hmm. the
1: first two times were experiences and I just wasn't into it. And the third time was that real spark that that, that shocked my my oh shit moment. Like I said, after having the kids and after having the time to party and entertain, which I love doing at home, I was shocked with the vast amount of plastic and paper waste that I was creating after every party, after hosting. Mm-hmm. And that was my moment where I was like, I need to do better. I need to be a more responsible parent, a human being. And how do I really role model this? And I found a way. I found my culture that has been doing this for such a long time. And it was it was that about safeguarding that choice. And I was like, I'm going to do this because I knew that there could be this product that could be manufactured anywhere around the world, where there were cottage industries or palm trees. And I had to just pick a mission, which was I want to do it in India and why I want to do it. So I, I had to find my how and why. And that comes to the bottom line of being authentic, being really truthful to what you're doing and how you're doing incredible.
0: I love that so much. Oh my gosh. Okay. All right, I want to talk I want to dive deeper into your marketing right now. And again, I it's because I love the messaging and I love how personal you are with it cuz if anyone who goes to the detox website, what I also love is that you are so like you provide your story, you provide a picture of you with your kids. You know what I mean? It's it's so personal. And you even mentioned that your, your daughters are your brand ambassadors. So it's like, it's just, you really infused yourself in there. And I love that. How has the journey been like for you when it comes to actually marketing outside of just getting the messaging nailed down, but also getting it out there?
1: Oh, it has been mind boggling. It has been very tough. (laughs) It's not like typical marketing. (laughs) because I don't come from that background or nor did I learn any expertise on it, on how to do a magic wand and just become viral. That hasn't happened yet. So, Mm -hmm. of course, the struggle is real. It happens every day. But again, like I said, if you know your foundation and if you have that clarity on what message you want to pass, how you want to pass it to your consumers, I think that's what really marketing can become for you. And again, in that journey, of course, we have tools like marketing agencies or people who offer their expertise or consultants or people you can hire, basically, if you have the funds. So again, depending on what phase you're in business, you also have to look at that part, which is your financial and whether you can hire some fancy agency or an affordable person to do that for you. If you might not have the time to learn it yourself, which very fortunately I did during the COVID times because I was making zero sales, but I was enriching myself with with all that knowledge around me on how to really market. And when things got back, I applied it on my own social media. So we started all our social media channels. We started marketing the hell out of it digitally and through brochures, through email marketing, through trade shows. So when you talk about marketing, it is a holistic thing. It's just not, oh, only on online. Oh, it can be on brochures. It can be about word to word. So I I, I did all of that in parallel. Like I met people. I did in networking. I did trade shows. So everything is marketing. Basically communicating with your consumer is marketing. And that is what really got me the confidence. And I was so comfortable doing it because, again, there's nothing that we make up here. There are no fancy tableware settings that we do. It's all natural. If you look at our Instagram, everything is user generated, everything is provided to us by our customer. I've never spent a dime on, you know, making, paying somebody to, make a tableware setting for me like I've never done it because I don't believe in it I believe in those memories those moments really come handy when it's people real people and those are my real influences. I've never even spent on influencer marketing so far but maybe I think I, I should I don't know if I have to scale 5x times 10x maybe that will help but again I don't know and that's where the marketing budget needs to be allocated and we need to do a lot of that in 2024 but so far marketing has just been very authentic for us, very normal for us, like what it is. If there's a background that's dirty, it is there. We don't care about it. It is real moments with parents, with kids. And talking about my brand ambassadors, you brought that up. And that's where I really say, that was my whole goal of role modeling it to my daughters, that if I can make them do what I do and if they can continue doing what I do when I am not there, for example, when we're hosting parties, my daughters are very clear. They'll put a sticker of like, this is recycled, this is trash. And they'll before every party, they'll make those stickers and they'll actually go and tape those on the trash cans. Did I teach them? Yes. But did I ask them to do it? No. And that's where I'm like, those are the true influences. Those are the real true brand ambassadors for me at this point of time, because they are actually doing things without me telling them because they feel the need, they believe in it. And that's where I feel. Okay. Parenting done. Right. Oh my
0: gosh. I love everything you just said that first of all, your daughters seem so adorable. So that's, I love that. And they are very good listener because it's not, it, it's so true though, because they, and how you describe them just now of, they are the best brand ambassadors because they just are absorbing the the mission and the message that you are conveying every single day and you're again you're living it you're not just like this is my mission and like that's, that's- it you are truly demonstrating it and that is how you know p- loyal customers get made that's how you know the a brand builds because it's just people trusting you and understanding who you are and what you're about so i i really appreciate that i also love how you said, and I talk about this very often is communicating with your customers is marketing bottom line. You can yell at someone across the street and that is marketing technically, right? Marketing gets complicated because especially when you're investing in it, like it has to be complicated. It has to be a little bit more strategic. It has to, you know, can't just be just slapping something up. Otherwise it's not quote unquote worth the investment, if you will. However, when it comes to marketing and kind of something like you said, it is mind boggling. And and it's because the reason for that is because it is a combination of literally understanding consumer behavior, understanding how to translate yourself, understanding how to communicate effectively, and being creative about it's like it's combining all it's an art and a science and it is combining all of these areas that's one of the reasons I love it so much because it's it's a constant challenge and constantly fascinating because every person is different every audience is different but what I love is that you took the time to learn it yourself for whatever reason you did right it didn't you know and I think that's where a lot of people they get overwhelmed with it too, because also marketing can come off very overwhelming. But what I love is that you you really took the time to learn it for yourself. And that way, I think you'll be, when you are ready to hire someone, just to be able to farm out the actual work of it, you'll be able to give better direction. You'll be able to kind of also cut the BS, if you will, because there's also a lot of kind of bad marketing, if you will, because, you know, it's, marketers are really good at marketing but sometimes they are that's all they're good at (laughs) out for themselves I should
1: say yes and And when I meant to say that I learned everything it was like I was looking for an inspiration and inspiration can start anywhere so again if your inspiration comes from a tiktok at somebody's influencer page then that's your to-go person for marketing so again you need to find where your message stands out and how you want to market and again that clarity has to come out because that really drives the foundation of your brand right 100%. so that's very else. Well like you said you have to go with the right marketing because there's bad marketing as well like you said yeah and the sooner you can see it the sooner you can cut it off the sooner you can move on from it or pivot mm-hmm. or do it just 100%. whatever that looks like for you yeah
0: 100% it has to look it has to work for you and i think that's why also too this you've probably been able to experiment a lot and understand you know i don't really want to i'm not saying that obviously this is what you're doing but i don't really want to be on tiktok let's say like that could be something that you're learning and that and it is kind of part of the process a lot of it is trial and error and it's just getting comfortable with that trial and error because the reality of virality is the fact that a lot of the times when it happens, it happens for a very short amount of time and people do what they can to ride the wave. But a lot of the time, once it happens, you then have a very steep downfall if you can't keep up with it. And so that's something I, I think is also very important and seems like what's happening now. It's okay. You didn't go viral yet. That's absolutely fine because no matter what you're building, and it ties very well into your mission a very sustainable business even from just from like the actual operations of it all so that's incredible thank you i have a question about when it comes to recognition for your brand and not even just you kind of getting the word out there and posting on social media i noticed that you received a few awards i believe And Mm -hmm. we're recognized by Amazon recently on LinkedIn. Can you talk a little bit about the impact that that has made? How, maybe how that came about, if anything, and kind of any more, what is, I guess for a brand like yours, what is the impact of just that type of recognition mean for, for you?
1: Thank you for bringing that up because I do want to say Amazon has played a pivotal role in our growth. So today we've been able to reach our seven figure revenue and the biggest credit for that, I will say, has gone to Amazon. And it is because early on, I did realize something in my business again. Again, I didn't have a lot of funds to begin this, right? This is a bootstrap business. I don't have any loans yet. I don't have any debt, which I'm very proud of. But again, we might need to take some capital loan next year as we grow and scale. But coming back to my previous three years, where I actually spent a lot of time growing and scaling, I did not invent the whole wheel. What I did do was I piggybacked on the wheel that was invented by Amazon so I did piggyback on them and that is how I leveraged the time the resources my growth of my business and I reached to a point where I was positive cash flow through Amazon and again yes they take commissions I have low profits on Amazon but again it's again what I had with my resources at that point of time what was my best option so that is why I became an amazing Amazon seller. And that is why they did a spotlight on us. This Thanksgiving during the Giving Back Tuesday event, because of the social aspect of our business, where we give back to the communities and they see it, they recognize it, and they awarded us for that. And that's our accolade that is pretty recent. And that's why you're bringing that up. And that's what you saw on LinkedIn. And again, why I bring that up is because today we've grown to a point where we have now extra funds, where we can remove our dependency on Amazon and we can now build our own uh, brand and strengthen our position on our website, on our Shopify, on our social media. So that is where we are pivoting now and doing and spending our resources and our time on. But again, we are still leveraging what we have, where we get the money from. And I remember long time back, maybe in 2020, when I was going through an accelerator program, there was one digital marketing guru And she gave me that tip. She looked at my financials and she said, you can be spending what you don't have. So when you have, when you are getting a revenue from somewhere, that is your focus, focal point. So focus on that channel, which was Amazon for me at that point of time. So because not only do I sell on Amazon to direct to consumer, we also vendor to Amazon, which means Amazon buys from me directly. So I'm both on seller central and vendor central. So if if people are uh, wondering how do I scale and how do I grow so much on Amazon is because I'm on both these channels and with time I've grown 5x times on Amazon, just on Amazon. So I do value that and I do appreciate the resources that Amazon has provided me and the consumers believe and they rely so there's a different consumer niche on amazon who wants products fast who wants it delivered at their door who wants it in one hour one day prime or whatever that looks like there's more credibility or trust of the brand or reviews for the brand so that is why i want to leverage that platform or that channel for myself for my growth and
0: that's incredible oh sorry (laughs) i thought you were (laughs) i have i have one question related to what you were saying earlier because that i think that's incredible in the sense of one, like just this channel and also how much it contributed to your growth, because in congratulations on hitting the seven figure mark. Incredible. Thank you. Thank but you. what I also really appreciate about how you're talking about Amazon was, like you said at the time, and it was low profit, you know what I mean? Like you kind of had to, you were given a choice, right? Like, is it worth getting on the Amazon network? kind of dealing with some low profits because they get commission kind of dealing with the things that no one obviously likes to share the the profits and things like that so can you share a little bit about at the time especially because obviously in retrospect now you're like it contributed so much to the growth but at the time I would imagine that was probably pretty scary for you and wondering if you were doing the right thing can you share Mm -hmm. a little bit about why you ended up choosing going with them
1: Yes. So definitely for me, my first priority was growing because I was growing a brand that nobody knew of. It was a mompreneur brand. It was a BIPOC brand. So all there were all these cha- challenges. But again, my priority at that time was continuously growing my business and at the same time scaling it. So growing and scaling together is very challenging and at the same time being cas- positive cash flow. That's like cherry on top. So that was my priority. And at the same time, connecting with my audience was utmost important because I do listen to feedback. And I always say, communicating with my audience is where my brand stands and that's what I'm building and that's what marketing is. That is what the foundation is. So connecting with my audience was very important. And I thought Amazon was the best in that, having a two-way communication, having being able to reach the consumer, having communications with them, emailing or whatever that looks like. And building trust with them. That was why I leveraged Amazon. That is why I wanted to be on Amazon so bad. And I wanted to just piggyback on that wheel. And I wanted to bring build that wonderful customer experience that I could not build have built by myself on my own standalone website at that point of time. Because I didn't know where I was starting or I didn't have enough resources to spend on SEO, to spend on my digital marketing or ad campaign. So I really wanted to build that loyal proof that that proof of loyal repeat customers new customers who were making purchases and who were referring me so I think that's what Amazon what what it gave me
0: okay that's incredible and I love what I love is that and because I want to call it out I love that you had a few reasons why you did it outside of Amazon just being Amazon and like you said it's being able to obviously grow and scale the the numbers which I think That's probably the number one thing that people look at and consider, but they're not looking at the other things, which is why I wanted to call it out in that you were concerned or one of the biggest concerns or sorry, concern is not a great way to put that, but one of a big priority for you was to build your customer journey, your customer audience, your loyal customer experience, mainly, like you said, and connecting with them and looking at Amazon whole, objectively of not just, okay, obviously Amazon is a very successful platform and can be very successful for people and, you know, to help and grow and scale at the same time, which like you said, is really difficult, but more than that, how will they contribute to my brand overall? And I think that's where a lot of people, when presented with opportunities such as Amazon as just one example, right, is where a lot of people get tripped up because sometimes the investments, you maybe you have to take a cut and in this case, maybe less profits or something, right? Yes. But how will it contribute intangibly? How will it, which eventually I think then turns into tangible because you can talk about your customer experience and your customer journey. And like you said, communicating with them. And I think that's something that is overlooked a lot because people want to know numbers and then they that's it. And I would say that is the hardest part about marketing because a lot of it is intangible and a lot of it is that long gain, like you said. But right now, in the case of Amazon, it is very much paying off for you.
1: Yes. I mean, the brand visibility is there. People know our brand by now. They have a choice whether to choose us or somebody else and why. So I think that was my goal accomplished with Amazon. So that was my point at that time. But now, like I said, we're slowly now pivoting into now that people know us, they can find us. They can now find us directly on our website. So now, Mm And of course, because we've grown, scaled and have cas- positive cash flow now, we have those extra funds to work out in our SEO so that now we can be on top along with Amazon. It's not a fight with Amazon. It's just in parallel to it. It's like adding fuel to the fire, you know? Yeah, for sure.
0: How, can you talk a little bit, ab- bit more about, cause you've mentioned this a lot, right? And like you said, Amazon provided a really great two-way communication. You've mm-hmm. talked a lot about, you know, being able to communicate directly with your customers you love feedback you love getting you know hearing from them what does that actually look like in your day to day for you how does that actually happen what kind of strategies are you implementing to really emphasize communication with your customers
1: uh definitely i will say hiring somebody to do your customer service is the first because you don't want people to talk to robots when they're actually trying to have a two way communication so if you have the time and the funds and the resources, if there's somebody who can respond to them, if not live, at least quick at the earliest is the best way to build that trust and have that brand visibility with the consumer. So that's where we emphasize first, like whether order fulfillment, sending tracking numbers. Yes, that is all important, but communicating, just acknowledging that, hey, we are on it. We've received, is there anything we can do is... That is, I think, where the customer gets the spark. Oh, there's a person talking to me or, hey, I just placed a query on the website and the owner is calling me? That has happened with me like so many times. That has been a win for me. So I think that's where I always say start with the communication, whether it's like, like I said, the order fulfillment emails, the tracking number emails can come later, but just acknowledgement of, hey, we've received, we are on it, just puts the customer at ease that okay I've been listened I've been heard and there's somebody who is going to be acting on it amazing
0: i love that and it and it's things like that that people don't re- may not realize all the time that that is marketing every in yes. outbound communication you have to anyone <laughs> is marketing and so that's why little that's why for branding and and things like that like swag or just doing the Little, you know, just little brand moments, if you will, even if it's packaging or related or something like that, it matters because it all lends itself to the larger brand and how you convey yourself to the world. And so I I really appreciate that. That's something that you, you take in stride. And again, I think goes back to kind of where you put your money, where your mouth is and everything that you do. And I love that so much because- not many brands do that these days.
1: And that's how you actually stand out because the end consumer who's receiving your email will remember that.
0: For sure. 100%. Okay. So what has been the most rewarding for you thus far in your journey, for your journey of detox?
1: Uh, what has been the most rewarding, of course, being bootstrapped, reaching a seven-figure revenue has been the most rewarding because, of course, I thought I would reach this point that where I am today, after four years in business, in two years, but thanks to COVID, (laughs) didn't happen then, but it's happening now. And let's celebrate that. And I feel that as a win. And after this, I have just bigger goals. And if I can do this, I can do so much more. And in this journey, the best part has been the appreciation that i get from the community so like you can see i'm brown i'm indian and the kind of messages that i get from my indian community saying oh i love what you're doing it's so rewarding i have this aspiration i want to learn how to do that so i also run a very close community group here in portland it's called portland brown mommies and we are 1800 women in here all asian background need not necessarily indian but people who are from the Asian background, understand our culture, our language, our food, basically who share the same cultural background. And they tell me I've been an inspiration to them and that's what's been rewarding. They see me and though I might not know them, they all know me. So that's the best part. People think I'm famous. <laughs> and that that's so rewarding that people lean into me for everything, though I don't know them. That's the best feeling you can have. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. What's been the biggest challenge? Is Do we, do we have time for one or 10? <laughs> <laughs> as many as you need to share. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. So, well, I'll stick with the same subject topic, which is being BIPOC mompreneur. The biggest challenge is, of course, overcoming the biases in the business world. Definitely balancing motherhood because my kids are still 11 and 9. Mm-hmm. and. I still have these entrepreneurial aspirations, pursuits, and accessing the network and the resources that I found so challenging. I think that's that's been the most challenging because I am the last person to figure out or know of an event that happened in the town because mm-hmm. there's nobody in my community tell to tell me that. So I have all the more reasons to associate myself, to create opportunities for myself, to leverage the network I have to be around those diverse people, markets, uh, business owners. So I think that has been very challenging to get to that point for sure and foster this supportive, I mean I still call them supportive because I still find out I'm nowhere behind <laughs> because I fight through all those challenges. So for sure. I think community has helped me overcome this challenge about having the access to these resources and networks. I love that.
0: What advice do you have for anyone who is new to their own
1: business? Oh, boy, definitely that don't do it because doing is powerful and you will not know until you try. So either you can keep regretting or you can actually find out if it works or not and then keep doing it better, well, or just pivot and do something else. I love it. That's great advice.
0: All right, how can we support you? What's where can people find you? We'll obviously include anything like all of your links and stuff in the in the show notes, but let me know if there's
1: anything else that our audience can support you with. Yes, I love to tell people to connect with me on LinkedIn. Find me with my name, which is Pallavi Pandey, or just Google Detox, which is spelled as D-T-O-C-S. This is spelled differently, non-standardized spelling of the word detox. So a lot of times people would not find me because I would be like, what are you trying to type? Or what are you how are you finding me? And they would be like D E T O X. And I was like, no, it's D T O C S. So I always say, find me, connect with me, have communications with me because I value those. I I appreciate those. And again, we are currently running our crowdfund campaign. And that is something I would love for people to check it out. And if you feel there's a way you can support us with as minimum as $5, $10, whatever that looks like. And there's a reward that people can choose to in order to in exchange for supporting us. So I would love that. And of course, check us out on our website directly, which is detox.com. Read our story, read our product journey, how we make our products, because sometimes it is flabbergasting that yes, we rescue leaves and we turn them into tableware. And how do we do that? Find us and communicate with us on detox.com amazing
0: i love it so much thank you palavi this was so amazing and i loved hearing your story thanks for being generous with your
1: experiences thank you for having me And again this is people's business and i love people and i want more people to get in touch amazing that's it for this
0: week's episode of the edge of Act. But the journey doesn't end here. We encourage you to take the lessons learned from our guests and apply them to your own entrepreneurial endeavors. As you navigate the ever-evolving world of branding and marketing, remember that it doesn't have to be overly complex. But communicating your brand effectively is an ongoing journey. It requires continuous refinement, a deep understanding of your audience, and an unwavering commitment to stay true to your story, the unique edge that sets you apart. Stay tuned for future episodes where we continue to unravel the challenges of branding and marketing through the incredible impact of human stories. Until next time, keep embracing the edge, embracing your story, and making a difference through your business. I'm Carolyn Crawford, and this has been The Edge Effect.